If you didn't bring a Bible with you this morning, hold your hand up real high. The ushers have some extra Bibles. We'd be glad to let you use one of ours. And let's all turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Are you in a big rush this morning? You know, uh, church is important. It ought to be something we give proper time and consideration to. And, you know, some people get up and they drive a distance to be here and that kind of thing. So we ought to go ahead and, and make a good one while we're here. Amen. Right? Get a full measure. And, uh, you know, the 20-minute the message and the 50-minute service and that kind of thing, read the Scripture sometime. You will not find that anywhere. You will find instances where they were going for three hours in a service and when somebody come in and they weren't through. And they went another three hours. You will find places where Paul started preaching and preached all night long. Right? Don't get scared. I'm just saying the modern concept of this chop, chop, chop and watch the clock, that's not right. That's something men have developed in religion over a period of time. And don't misunderstand me. Uh, sure, preachers, I'm sure I've done it, have, have kept going when they were already done. But you know, have you done this before? You know, if you haven't, then you, you can see that it's, it's you know, it's, we're learning, we're growing, all of us are developing. But whether it's being in a service, or whether it's reading your Bible, or whether it's you praying, or whether it's you uh, hearing from the Lord, if the Lord really is speaking to you through the Scriptures, in prayer, in the service, shouldn't we give Him our full attention? And should we be watching our clock and go, hurry up, God, I, want, I need to check on my roast. Huh? I mean, see, that's, that can be some disrespect, can it? I mean, we ought to, there ought to be times, whether it's in church, whether it's at your house or wherever, where you come before him, and even though you're not going to stay there for necessarily four hours or, or whatever, you act like you've got all day, right, to be with him. And if you give him just 30 minutes or, or, or 45 like that, you'll get so much out of it. But if you've if you got one, one eye looking over your shoulder and you watch while that's going on, you'll be distracted. You won't get what you're supposed to get. So uh, does the Lord have our full attention this morning? Amen. So be it. Some of you are a little bit scared. No, I'm not, I'm not threatening <laughs> to go four hours. But do you get the point or not? Yes. Amen. We, we should. Friday night we talked about being comfortable. Amen. We should be relaxed. Right? We should act like we got all day. Hmm? And you'll find when, when, when you are that way, things can pass quickly. And sometimes it doesn't take as long as you thought it would. But uh, <laughs> the, the attitude was right. The heart was right. Hebrews 11, are you there? Hebrews 11 and verse 1. It says, now faith is the substance of things hoped for. And the evidence of things not seen. The NIV says faith is being sure of what we hope for. And certain of what we do not see. This whole 11th chapter of Hebrews talks about this faith. Verse after verse after verse he gives us examples of it. 
He says, by this faith, the elders obtained a good report. In verse uh, 5, it says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him. For before his translation, he had this testimony that he pleased God. Is it possible to please God? It is. Is it possible for you to please God? Hmm? For God, when he thinks about you, he smiles. Hmm? He's pleased with you. He was with Enoch. And verse 6 tells us how Enoch walked with God and how he pleased God. Verse 6 says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. Do you understand that with God, faith is not optional? That's why we talk so much about it. That's why we are Faith Life Church. Because the just shall live by faith and walk by faith. And the only way to be born again is by faith. The only way to overcome is by faith. The only way to please God is by faith. Faith is not optional. He that comes to God must believe. And he gives two things that you've got to believe if you're going to come to God. And and he's continuing to talk about how Enoch walked with God is how he got started on this thing. And if you're going to come to God like Enoch did, and if you're going to walk with God like Enoch did, commune with him, fellowship with him, know him, and him be real to you, you've got to believe two things. Number one, what do you got to believe? That he is, that, that is, that he's real. That God exists. And he's real, and it's a choice. You'll hear some people say very foolishly, Well, you know, I just can't believe that. I'm a man of education. I'm a woman of science. I'm this, I'm that. I just can't accept what I can't see with my eyes. There's no proof that there's a God. All all that exists is proof. There's nothing but proof. (laughs) And see, people are so ignorant and arrogant. They go, you know, they can't tell you how this got here, but they're sure there's no God. And don't, don't you be confused about saying, well, yeah, but there's the Big Bang and there's evolution and there's theories. Theories. Do you know what a theory is? It's something that's not proven. Something that's not established. Now, there may be some principles that people have picked up from here. And maybe when God spoke, there was a Big Bang. <laughs> and there's a whole lot of things that we don't know. But I'm telling you this, I'm glad I've made the choice To believe that there is a God, a creator of the heavens and the earth, that he's real. Have you made that decision? It's a choice. When people say, I can't believe that, that's not true. The truth is, they have chosen not to believe it. By very nature of what faith is, it's a choice. And so he goes on to say, he that comes to God must believe that he is, and you've got to believe something else. And here's where a lot of good church-going people fall short. This next part. What else must you believe? You must believe he is a rewarder. 
of them that diligently seek him. And this is the difference between us and a whole lot of sad Christians. (laughs) We get excited. I don't know if you could tell that yet or not, but we get stirred up. We are excited about the present. We're excited, even more excited about the future. We're looking for good things. We're believing. We're coming up. When when you hear us talking about, you know, we in just a few months, we're going to have a strong church here and everything paid for. I mean, look around. We're already off to a good start. We're, We're doing good. I mean, we're just, what, a month old? Six weeks, whatever. We're, we're just a few weeks old. What the Lord is doing in us is a good thing. And when I say us, I'm talking about you, your family, your finances, your health. You, my brother, you, my sister, are coming up. Amen. You're coming up. Yes. Things that have dogged your tracks and bugged you for years or bugged you for decades, you're going to get free from. Come on, are you listening to me? That's what this is about. You're going to get free from things that you've not seen. You're going to find out. You're going to get answers. You're going to get direction. You're going to get free from being depressed. You're going to get full of joy and get strong. You're going to get free from confusion. You're going to get full of peace. And instead of you being needy, you're going to be one that God uses to help other people that are where you used to be. And then they're going to grow up and then get free and they're going to help other people. Right? And that's how this thing works. But see, there are many people who, be- who don't believe absolutely that God is a rewarder of good to those that seek him. They believe it may be God's will for them to suffer. Being sick, being broke, being confused. They believe you might pray to God with all your faith and heart and him absolutely ignore you and you just never know and and is God even aware of me and what I'm doing? Maybe he just created all this and gave it a spin and checks in once every millennia or two. But can't be bothered with such trivial stuff as what I'm dealing with. Well, see, they don't believe that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. They don't believe if you genuinely reach out to him, he's going to reach back. If you draw near to him, he's going to draw near to you. If you ask, he will answer. If you seek, you'll find. How many believe that? We not only believe God exists, that he's real, we believe he is a good God. And he cares. And he cares about little things. And we believe he is so big that he can help the president and the prime minister and the soldier in the foxhole and, and the orphan and the widow and answer their prayers. And he can also help us find the right color socks at the same time. And that he will give you not only your basic necessities, but he's good enough and big enough. He'll give you the desires of your heart. He'll give you stuff you don't need. You just like. Is he big enough to do that? He is. And it's not what you've got, it's how you got it. And it's how, what kind of place it has in your life. God's not opposed to you having some nice stuff. He is opposed to you putting it ahead of him. Yes. And it being too important to you. 
The Bible said covetousness is idolatry. In talking about walking with him, we must believe these two things. Tell me again, what are they? You got to believe what? He is. He is. He exists, he's real, and he's God. Hmm? What else must you believe? You got to believe that when you reach out, he reaches back. You got to believe if you genuinely look for him, he's going to reveal himself to you. You've got to believe that if you genuinely trust him and, and look to him and hold on to him for something, he's going to come through for you. He'll hear your prayer. He'll answer your prayer. He'll minister to you. And so Enoch obviously did that. And we see that he experienced the reality of God. God got surreal to him and strong to him. At one point, God just said, hey, just stay with me. No need in you going back today. Stay at my house. And God took him. And he didn't even die. Sometimes people say, well, only thing sure in this world is death and taxes. Obviously not. <laughs> he didn't die. Right? And the Bible says there's going to be a bunch of people alive when the trumpet sounds, when Jesus comes. They're not going to die either. But they're just all going to be changed in a moment, in a twinkling of an eye. Go with me, if you would, to 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians the first chapter. 1 Corinthians 1 and verse 9. It says, God is faithful. Everybody say that out loud. God is faithful. Say it again. God is faithful. I know sometimes people are not accustomed to us talking out loud as much as we do. But, you know, that's the way it was in the beginning days of the church. It's just that folk have gotten away from it. The Bible said Jesus is the apostle and high priest of what comes out of our mouth. He works with what we say. How many know how to get born again? How do you get born again? You believe it in your heart. Is that it? No. What else? You confess it with your mouth. And when you believe it in your heart and you say it with your mouth, he acts on it and you're gloriously born again. Well, that's not just the way you get in the kingdom. It's also the way you operate in the kingdom. Everything works that way. No, just because you say something doesn't mean it's going to happen. But if you believe it in your heart and you say it. And you don't change it. And you stay with it day in, day out, week in, week out, month after month. It will come to pass. Amen. Jesus said it would. Now notice God is what? Faithful means trustworthy. Dependable. You can count on him. By whom you were called to what? You have been called unto the fellowship of his son Jesus Christ our Lord. That's what we've been called to. We've not been called. To dead dry religion. We haven't been called. To just go through. Uh, powerless rituals. Day after day. And, and week after week. Month after month. We haven't been called. To just. Be in awe of somebody else 
that's supposed to be real spiritual that knows God and kind of know, know God vicariously through their experiences of God. No, you have been called to fellowship with him personally. That's what you and I, every one of us have been called. To know him personally. And fellowship. Fellowship means a sharing. He shares with us. We share with him. We speak to him. He listens. He speaks to us. We listen. A sharing. That's what's supposed to be happening with us personally with the Lord. And if we believe in him and come to him by faith and believe he's a good God and believe when he speak, we speak to him, he'll hear us if we're sincere and, and believe he'll communicate back to us and help us when we ask him, then there will be this reciprocal fellowship, communion. You're called to the fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Look with me in 2 Corinthians, the 6th chapter. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 14. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion has light with darkness? What's the answer to those questions? What fellowship does righteousness have with unrighteousness? None. What communion has light with darkness? None. That's why he said don't be yoked together. You know, it's very important in in your, your dealings, in your commitments, who you get in contract with, who you get in partnership with. Do they have any respect for God? And for the things of God, if they don't, you need to limit what you do. Did you hear me? Be led. Because he said that the the communion is not there. The sharing is not there. First and foremost with us is always God. People say, well, don't don't bring God in the workplace. I don't leave home without him. (laughs) Right? If I'm going to be there. He's going to be, if he ain't going, I ain't going. Come on, are y'all with me? I know people like to, they think it's politically correct, and all, but it's just not reality. He's in me. I'm in him. You can't separate us with a scalpel. Verse 15. What concord has Christ with Belial? Belial's a name for the devil. What's the answer? None. What part has he that believes with an infidel? None. You you can't fellowship too much with somebody who doesn't even believe in God and he's your whole life. He's everything to you. He's nothing to them. You can only talk about the weather and sports for so long. Right? And you get down to the things that matter and it's not there with them. So it's a problem. And you don't need to go their way They need to come your way. Keep going. Verse 16. What agreement has the temple of God with idols? What's the answer? None. For you are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them 
and walk in them and I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Does this sound like communion with him? Sound like fellowship with him? Not this cold belief that there is a God somewhere way off in the universe maybe. No. It's his presence being real to you. He said, I will dwell in them and walk in them. I'll be their God and they shall be my people. Said out loud, he lives in me. He walks with me and in me. He is my God. We are his people. Keep going, verse 17. Wherefore, come out from among them and be ye separate, says the Lord, and touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you. Keep going. And I'll be a father to you, and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. He is our God. He's real to us. He's not just our God creator. We're not just his servants. We're no longer just servants. We're sons. He's our very own father. We're, we're, we're his very own sons and daughters. Somebody say amen. That means so be it. In Amos, don't try to turn there, but they'll put it up for us. Amos 3.3. 3. Notice this. Amos 3.3. 3. What does it say? Can two walk together except what happens? Except they be agreed. What's the answer? Well, they can't. Another translation, the Young's literal translation says it like this. Do two walk together if they have not met? Now, we're talking about walking with God. What does it mean to walk with him? Let me give you the... uh, lexicon definition of that term it means the whole round of activities in the individual life to walk with God to walk together what does that word walk mean it involves the whole of one's life activities and if we're going to walk with him we've got to agree with him And the Bible talks about walking in his counsel, walking in his ways, walking in love, walking in faith. All that's of him. Now, people say concerning marriage that it's a 50-50 proposition. That's not a scripture. But people have that that idea. (laughs) I had a... uh, a lady come to me one time and she, she said, you know, somebody asked us. She said, uh, who wears the pants in your house? And she said, ha ha, neither one of us. We both wear knickers. <laughs> and she thought that was funny. And people have that idea with God that, you know, we're, we're together and uh, it's kind of a 50 fit. Oh, no. No, if you're going to walk with God, it's his way. Amen. And he doesn't compromise with you. Anybody awake in here? Said, <laughs> so now God, if we're going to walk together, there's a few things you need to know about me. And uh, if you can make some concessions along this line, then you, will be, you and I will be okay. Uh, then it ain't happening. You're on your own. 
Because he is perfection. And he is right about everything. Anytime you disagree with him, you're wrong. (laughs) Every time you disagree, every time, everybody say every time. Every time you disagree with him, guess what? He's right and you're wrong. (laughs) And if you don't like him being right all the time, and if you get tired of him being right all the time, and if you get tired of having to give in all the time, well, you can pitch a little fit and walk by yourself. You can have your way. You sure can. You can have your way till you're sick of it. But if you want to walk with him, one thing you got to find out about him, he will not make you walk with him. You have to invite him in. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. What does that mean? You got to let him in. You got to invite him in. That's what Enoch did. He invited him in. And what you got to do is say, Lord, not my will, but your will be done. Not my ways, but your ways. Teach me your ways. Teach me your values. And that's why you need to get your nose in this book. Right? Because the more you know of this book, the more you know of his ways. And the more of you know, you, you learn of what's important to him. And after a while, you won't be so easily fooled and misled. When somebody tries to tell you something about God, you'll say, well, now wait up. No. The word says this. And he's like this. So that can't, what you're saying can't be true about him. And after a while, you begin to know him yourself. When you've been with somebody and you live with them day in and day out for years and years and years, and somebody comes and tells you some wild something this person said or did, you say, no, they didn't say that. How do you know? Because you know them. They didn't do that. I know them. You've been with them. But in walking with him, there has to be a concession to him, a submission to him. Submission, real submission, I know it's not a popular word, involves suffering. That's even less popular. But not suffering being broken sick, suffering not getting your way. (laughs) Which is the worst suffering the flesh can think of. Not getting my way. But if you go walk with him, you have to do things his way. If you're going to walk with him, you have to give him first place. Yield to him. Give his word first place. Give his things first place. Or you can run your life by yourself and do it just like you want to. And it will cost you. Hmm? Oh, it'll cost you. Which is how most of the world is doing it. But remember our scripture? Go there again in closing, I think. Proverbs 3. Proverbs 3, 5, what does it say? They put it on the screen for us. You don't necessarily have to turn there. What should you do? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding. What else? 
In all your ways. In what? Say it out loud. In all my ways. Acknowledge him. Say it again. In all your ways. Say it again. In all my ways. I'm to. What does it mean acknowledge him? Some folks are so used to running everything. They're so used to having their own way. They're so used to leading. They don't realize that what they're doing with other people, they won't let anybody else lead them. And they're always, you know, they've got to have it their own way. They don't realize they're the same way with God as they are with everybody else. You are who you are. You don't just flip on a spiritual switch and change into somebody else when the, when the moment comes. You are who you are. And we must train ourselves because all of us have got flesh. And the nature of this flesh is stubborn and got to have it your own way. And all of us got this to deal with. But if you want a good life, if you want to see good days, if you want to walk in the presence of the Lord, if you want his favor and blessing and fullness on your life, then you got to step back and say, Lord, I want you to lead. He won't lead unless you invite him. I want you to lead. I want you to lead in my job. I want you to lead in my work. I want you to lead in my business. I want you to lead in my family. I want you to lead with my kids. I want you to lead in my marriage. I want you to lead. And you'll have to remind yourself all through the day, wait, wait up, where's God? I don't even see him anymore. He must be behind me now. Sorry, Lord. Sorry. Uh, please. I got carried away there. <laughs> uh, I want you to lead. Please. Because he won't make you. He won't force you. I'm asking you, Lord, lead. I'm asking you, teach me your ways. I'm asking you, show me your plan for me and your will. And in, in how many of your ways? In all of, all through the day, just stop and acknowledge him. Every time you've got to make a decision. Every time you decide, do I buy this? Do I sell this? Do I do this job? Do I go here? Do I, we take this trip? Do I do, in everything, stop for a moment, look inside and acknowledge. Say, Lord, I'm not the boss here. I'm asking you, which way should I go on this? What, what would you have me to do? You're not trying to figure it out. You see the end from the beginning. I don't have to come up with a plan. You have a plan. Show me what your plan is, please. Show me what to do. Say it out loud. In all your ways, do what? Isn't that simple? But how, how easy it is, especially if you've been doing it for 20, 30, 40, 50 years, you've been running things yourself, you think you got it figured out, you've done it a thousand times before, you know how to do it. It's easy to just blare right on through and do it how you think, but you don't realize what you're missing. You don't know what he has. You're, you're doing the best you know how. People say, well, I'm doing the best I know. Yeah, but maybe you don't know enough. Maybe you don't know nearly enough. In all your ways, do what? Acknowledge him. And he gave us his word that he'd do what? He shall direct thy path. It's a wonderful life, my friends. It is wonderful. You'll just, it'll just come up from the inside of you and you'll just know. No, don't do that. 
You'll just know. No, wait on that. You'll just know. No, don't pay that price. You'll just know. No, don't do that job. You'll just know. Do that one. You'll just know. It'll just come up in you. Only if you stop and acknowledge and ask and look. Say it out loud. If I acknowledge him in all my ways, he shall, he will direct my paths. Praise God. Stand up, everybody. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let's lift our hands. Let's lift our hearts. Let's start it right now. Let's acknowledge Him in the rest of this day. Let's acknowledge Him prior to the beginning of the work week. Let's acknowledge Him. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Lord, we look to You. Just close your eyes. Forget about everybody and everything round about you. Lord, we look to you. You are our guide. You are our leader. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Pray this out loud if you mean it in your heart. Father God, I don't want to be in charge of my own life. I don't want you to let me do what I want to do. I want you to lead. I want you to be in charge. I'm yielding myself. I'm submitting myself to your direction, to your lordship. I'm asking you, lead me, teach me your ways. Guide me into your plan, into your will. Remind me, and I will acknowledge you in all my ways. And I thank you that you'll do what you said, and you will direct my paths. Hallelujah. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.